So for today's podcast, I named this part of my podcast a conversation with. So it's going to it's meant to be a conversation, but because I wanted my podcast to have a certain topic today, I made it an interview style conversation. I did not talk as much, but the next conversation with I will have a conversation that it's not that's not how I have conversations with people that's why I'm making this little PSA before the podcast starts so thank you for listening to where's my mind again and I'll speak to you in the next second or two bye hello my name is Quentin and this is the where's my mind podcast today I'm speaking to my first guest and uh, it's this person i'm speaking to today is my cousin this person is older than me by a lot of years and i feel the conversation we're gonna have today i'm gonna learn a lot from this person and hopefully you might learn a lot from this person hello it's clinton thank you so much for listening to share a bit about yourself i like generally playing football studying playing games doing music going out for a walk hitting the gym and i love eating and i love cooking which is my newfound hobby cooking cooking food trying new recipes preferably rice different kind of rice pasta different kind of pasta and spaghetti Spaghetti bolognese and a different kind of ones. And I'm starting to like cheese as well. So basically, that's what I like to do. That's basically me. Or food. What's your favorite food that you could, like, mention? Like, you can get anywhere in the world. And are you someone who's, like, open to, like, having anything for, like, a meal? Yeah, first of all, I like any kind of food. I'm open to eating anything. I like experimenting. I'm a very adventurous person. I didn't say that before. So I'm ver- and I'm so adventurous as well with my food and also every other aspect of my life. I go somewhere new. I go to different places. I'm not afraid to go into the most dangerous place. That's just me. Like Food sense. Um, I like trying different food. But the funny thing is I'm not a fast food person. As funny as I like trying different food. I don't like fast food as much. So if I go to a place, I like to go to like the local locals and get like their proper meal, their proper food. But I'd rather like cook it on my own, ask them how it's done and try and make it on my own. That's that's my kind of person. What inspires you in life? Yeah, what inspires me in life is to always be the better version of myself. You owe it to yourself to see the highest potential you could be, like be the best version of yourself. Basically, my inspiration is to just keep getting better, like especially dealing with pressure and having to do stuff that I couldn't do before. So those are what motivates me in life. I love helping people. Uh, it's very funny because I set up like a, like it's kind of like a people pleaser behavior, but it's just that's what I thought at the start. But because deep down inside of me, I derive a great amount of joy when I help another person. When I help someone, even if it's like an old person to cross the road, you know. Assist a kid crossing the road, wherever. Just small stuff like that. It doesn't have to be very big. Stuff like that just makes me happy. And those are like the two things I think motivates me the most in life. 
to be in a position to be in a helping hand to help people and also to keep growing and learning more and becoming a better version of myself every day. When was the last time you helped someone cross the road, like an older person? Helping an older person cross the road, it's been a while, but I've helped a few kids cross the road today. And as well, I've helped people with a lot of advice recently, last week. How do you deal with challenges you have faced in life so far? And this would be a good point for you to like mention your age so people know the range and how you have dealt with challenges in your like early 20s and teenage age. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I'm 30 years old. Uh, big 30. <laughs> I turned 30 this year. Concerning challenges and concerning how I, how I deal with ch challenges over time, see, it changes over time, trust me. Um, a challenge that would make me go mad when I was a teenager might not make me go mad in my 20s, or the one that made me go mad in my 20s would not make me go mad in my 30s. Because the more you grow, the more your priorities change. I feel like when you're a teenager, that's when you want to experience the world. You want to do everything. You want to try everything. So because you're very green in every aspect of everything you're doing, you tend to always succumb to pressure. It may be peer pressure, maybe the pressure of the tax at hand may be overwhelming to you because you're very young and very inexperienced. When you're 20s, I feel you've already experienced a few tense, especially if you're very adventurous because I was adventurous as a teenager. So you could deal with things more. You continue in this light, but just now with more technicality. Then at 30 now, what I'm learning the most is that under every situation, the most important thing is for you to have a level head. That is something I try to work on every day because it's easy for you to say, oh, yes, I can treat success and failure the same way. But trust me, it's going to be a different ball game when you're under it in real life situation. Especially if you're somebody that's always used to succeeding in everything you do. Because lately I was succeeding a lot in a lot of things I was doing. But I had issues with one particular aspect and I failed. And the first time I had it, it's just, it was just hard for me to grasp reality and to deal with it. I got very frustrated. I was like, why am I feeling this way? I thought I've overcome this part of me, this kind of behavior. Why am I having this behavior again? And I failed again the second time. And I failed again the third time. It was like a relearning curve again for me because I was like, okay, how do I come back? How do I calm down? It's not the worst thing. It's not the end of the world. How do I stay persistent at the same time, level-headed? The summary of dealing with tense now that I'm 30 years old is that I found is always have a level-headed head because failure is not the end of the world. Success is not the end of the world. It's not even the start of the world. Everything if you have a level head and you're very rational with your decision making, you think and you move in a planned way, it's always going to end up in a desired result. There's this quote I live by, never react, always respond. And I feel whenever you're going through a challenge, you should never react to what happens in the moment. You should always analyze it, then respond accordingly at the same time my cousin here spoke about failure and success and there's a podcast episode i was going to talk about i was going to 
dive into success. For success, you never know if it's going to ever work. Oh, for failure, you can know because you know you did a bad job. But for success, you could not know because you don't know where the threshold is for winning. And I'm not talking about success in school, but I'm talking about success in life. You don't know if it's going to go as well as you planned it out. Like, I watched a movie about Facebook. That could be like a very big deal for those people. But if they had brought it out in the wrong time, it would have not been as interesting or what do you believe sets you apart from everyone on the planet? Like what's something unique that you know you have that's innate in you? Like I could give an example because I think that's what you're going to say. But when I was younger, my cousin, he used to be really lively in a way. And sometimes he, he was like not as lively, but he was always friends with the older people older people being my auntie and the like older people so he was always like friendly with those people and when i was younger i never knew how to separate my cousin from my aunties and my uncles because i felt because they were all older than me that they were the same people that's i'm asking this question today because he was younger but he could relate to the older people. So generally speaking, I see myself as every other person. And I don't think I'm a master, but growing up, I would say there's a few things I could attest that I was a bit different. I knew I had like good social skills with elderly people to be specific. Not really with my parents, because I felt like with my parents, I kind of wasn't thinking the way they were thinking. I wasn't moved by what they were moved. I wasn't relating with what they were relating. And as well, I was also very, very calm. I was very calm for a long time. Like, uh, my young, say for example, I was playing video games with my younger brother. He loses his, his temper, loses his cool. And then I find a way to de-escalate the issue because I always like to keep a level-headed head. Because every time I reacted according to impulse, it didn't end well for me. And I didn't like the feeling I had every time I reacted in a way I, didn't, I shouldn't have reacted or in a way that I didn't feel was right to react. So I think one of the main things I had is like good social skills with elderly people to be specific, not older people, well, younger people. So I was learning a lot from the elderly people. Um, if you could go back in time to your younger self and give your younger self one advice, what would that advice be? It's okay. It's going to be okay. And you're enough. I think one of my biggest, as much as I've been saying all the good side and all the big side about myself, I think when I was growing up, I think one of my biggest dismerits was I always thought I was not enough. Deep down. I can never say it to anyone. So I think that was one of the things that always drove me to go overboard and at the same time not to even make any move at all because I felt I wasn't adequate enough to do that thing. I was like, why me? You know, there's even times when I put in effort and I get what I wanted in my head, I'm still like, why me? Why not them? Why not other people? Because I thought of everybody as one. I'm like, why not them? Why me? Why does this person want to talk to me? Why does this person like me? Why does this person find me interesting? 
you know, that was one of the things I didn't think I was adequate enough. So I think the biggest thing I'd have told myself is, it's okay, you're doing the right thing. Everything's going to be all right. You're enough. You don't need any brand, any designers, any achievements. You don't need any label, any award to understand that you are enough for yourself. You don't need to be on any drug, on any drink or anything, even though I didn't really do such growing up at my teenage. But generally, I think that would be the advice I tell myself. It's okay. You're enough. And I think that would have been all I needed. Have you ever had imposter syndrome? You know what imposter syndrome is? Exactly what you explained. Imposter syndrome is when you get stuff and you're like, oh, why am I getting it? But this person is living exactly the same life or this person could do more, but I'm having it. Like, how do you deal with imposter syndrome now that you're older? Um, I think I still have imposter syndrome. And I think, like, I don't think I've overcome it at all. Because I'll use an example. Um, now I've gotten older, I, I do go to nightclubs once in a while. That's right. I go time, there are times we go and then everyone's, like, the ladies come to me and just, like, want to talk with me, want to know me. Basically, just want to hook up with me and yeah. get to know me more. And then there are my friends there who, like, literally came and their only reason there was to come to hook up. And my reason was just to come and relax. So in my head, I'm like, why me? Why do you choose me? I, I used to think I get things easy compared to other people. I feel like I didn't put in the work compared to other people. So I used to always have that. I feel like the way my body compensated with that is in order for me not to appear like a proud person because I thought I got things easy even if I don't. I put in the work when I was in uni, when I would pass above a certain amount. I think I didn't put in the work. But if I, if, I, if I should look back in time, there were days I studied 16 hours straight and I never acknowledged it. So I, I kind of feel like in that sense, I was compensating for it by behaving normal. Say, for example, someone meets me because when people see you, leave it or take it, they already form an image of your behavior in their head. So when people see me the first time, oh, this guy dressed really good, talks really good. So they have a certain expectation. They think I'll be cocky and I'll be proud. Just like every other person that you think gets like things done or is getting things done would be. Because that's the image they have of me. Just for them to see me and say that I'm really like normal, talk normal. And, and it might even be boring. Like, or it might not be the image of the person they have in my head. So I think I compensate, which is really, it's not really the best way. But it's just me. I like to be me. I'm not a proud person. I'm not someone that's going to be cocky. I can't live a fake life. I'm just a simple guy. And I'm going to be simple. And yeah, that's basically what happens to me. I don't think I have overcome this. I don't know for other people. That's just me. And that's how I react. And it's something I'm, I think I'm, I, I know I'm working on. Because I'm like, okay. There's an episode I did. It was called People Are Always Watching. And I never mentioned I can't remember if I mentioned it in World Watching, but what I read was, or I think I read this, I read, think I read an article that said people judge you from like a mile away, 10 feet away, and from the first 10 words you say. So from a mile away, they judge the way you're dressed. From 10 feet away, they judge your emotion, your 
act, the way you present yourself in a sense. And from the first 10 words you say, like, imagine someone who's posh. You know the first 10 words they are going to say. But imagine someone who grew up in not so friendly areas, like the hood. Imagine the first 10 words they're going to say. So people judge. And a lot of people say, I, I myself, I say I don't judge people. But I feel the people I tend to spend the most time around are people I feel closer with. Like, if you could pick three words to describe your life philosophy. The reason why I'm laughing now is because we did a demo yesterday and I gave some dummy questions. And these questions are elaborate. So three words that would describe your life philosophy and why. Um, my number one word would be growth. I think the fundamental thing for everybody is to grow and not be the same way you were yesterday. Growth can be in different aspects. So some people like to grow by increasing their strengths. Some people like to grow by reducing their weakness. Generally, I find it's better for you to grow. The best, fastest way to grow is by working more on your strengths as opposed to your weakness. doesn't mean you shouldn't work on your weakness. You work on it and you tend to reduce the weakness to the barest minimum or even like overcome it. You end up doing the best when you specialize in areas that you know you're good. Generally, I feel like when you're good at something, uh, your statement is, is correct. Because like, I feel like when you're good at something as well, you tend to always have passion for things you're good at. You just, you just don't. It's hard for you to just not be, for you to be good at something that you don't like. It's something I found like, you can't be good. You can be like, oh, good at it. But I feel like you'd be extremely good at something that you like because you put in the work because it doesn't look like you're doing anything. Say, for example, you like to read and you like to edit columns. You like to write columns and type columns like. Because you like it, when you do it every hour or every two hours every day, you end up being really good at it because it's not like a job for you, yeah. you know, because you're good at it. Um, I think the main word is passion as well. So that's going to be my second point, actually, passion. Do things you're passionate about. Don't let it die. Don't let it go. Don't let that skill that you have a passion for or ability you have a passion for or a thing you like doing that you have a passion for go away. Like, I have passion for doing music. It's for specific and I necessarily do not want to be a musician, doing, just go out there, but it's something I like to do. I like to listen to music a lot. I like to learn from the music and see the new way they do the notes. I'm not a good singer. I'm not a good singer. I'm a rapper. Like, so it's funny because I love listening to songs that they actually sing the most. Yeah. So I love listening to music. It affects my mood. It affects my day. It affects the way I do as well, based on the music I'm listening to. And also passion about like drawing, if you're artistic, you continue doing your artistic thing, you continue drawing. So passion should lead you in anything you do. Even if you're doing a job, you should have passion for your job. But that's what sets you apart actually, because when you're passionate about your job, when everybody's complaining, saying negative stuff, you end up just being the one saying, nah, this is great, this is good, this is unbelievable, this is astounding. That passion pushes you past the normal limit other people are going to go for, because yeah. you're, you're you're going to go above and beyond because you're passionate about this thing and you want the best for it and you just don't want to be the rest way other people are like. So there's an old saying that says health is wealth. It's funny how 
I found out for my 30 years of living, we will do anything to make money, especially by using our health. We lose our health to make money, not considering our health, not going to the gym, not eating healthy, not even taking time to know like the right food to eat or like the right exercise to do and things to make you maintain your shape because your health, it affects your mind. It affects your thinking, it affects your abilities as well. Like, but it's funny how we always trade our health for money and then end up using the money to buy back the health. But by that time, most of the time, it's already too late. So health is a big priority for me. Um, how my shape, things I take into my body, the things I do, the my hygiene, everything has to do with my body in general. I really take, I have to take good care of it. So health is a priority for me. So those are basically my three things, health, growth, and passion. Those three things are the three things I like to live by. I think my cousin is going to like introduce his loss. But how do you cope with loss and grief? How has it influenced your life? Uh, when I was in the university, I was young enough, I think, when I was 21, years ago yeah specific when i was 21 yeah accurate i lost my closest friend and we've been friends since secondary school since i was like 10 or 11 to be very specific 12 yes yeah, since i was 12 we've been friends since i was 12 years old i think the first friend's house i slept in was his house and the first house he slept in was my house so our parents were family friends and I even call his mom my second mother. So what really shaped me being a simple guy was lost. Because I remember back then in college, my friend would necessarily be the character of someone that wanted to be the top boy. So he's going for like a top boy behavior kind of guy. Like uh, them ones in school, we used to call the big boys. So you know how it is when you're part of the big boys crew. You have a certain lifestyle, you act a certain way, you don't talk with everyone because you feel like you're better than everybody of mentality. After he died um, due to a very pleasant circumstance, he died. He had a bleeding, internal bleeding in his head. And that's the topic. That's a whole other topic. But let's stick to the point. That experience kind of opened my eyes to the fact that anyone can die at any time because my friend was still very young. So if they told me he was going to die, that day, there was no way I was going to believe because we were literally talking on the phone two days ago. I was supposed to come to his house the very day. And so I think that day he had a big fight with his dad, so he wasn't having it. And he just didn't want me to come, even though he wanted me to come. So they don't start comparing again. So the loss generally, I was grieving. I, had, I found out in school because I was just about, I was doing my project and I was in my a professor's office. And then I just fell on the floor and I was crying there. And everybody was like, am I okay? Am I okay? Why would I be on the floor in public and just be crying because I couldn't help it. I was going to spread the news. Then I went home and I was home for a few days. But I came back. So after that whole experience, I used to be someone that used to talk to everyone in class. The best conversation I had were with people that I never spoke with in class. And they were like the ones that people usually wouldn't want to speak with as well. But they had a level of understanding in certain things that other people did not have. Because I feel like they've dealt with it, they've dealt with it more. And then I came with this philosophy as well that you can only learn about something from someone who has overcome it. So that way I just learned that from then. I was speaking with everybody and I learned, oh, I learned, or I learned that you can go from A, B, C, D, E, F to Z. 
and everybody's unique and everybody's beautiful in their own way and everybody has their own ideology. There's no good, there's no bad person. You just only have good and bad situations that may bring out the best or the worst in us. Like that's my understanding of everything. And that was kind of what made me just become like a people person to the core. And then I was just like relating with everyone. I don't like if someone says this person is XYZ because of my interaction with people from the past after this whole experience, I will never take the opinion of that person until I have a conversation with the person and then see the person firsthand. This can be a good and a bad thing in the sense that sometimes people may be right about people and then you end up falling in the same trap. But that's just what I learned generally after the loss. So you set people as it is. You can die anytime. There's no standard in life. I kind of like let go of that standard I was setting. That's when I lost it completely. Like there's no more standard. I didn't have to any standard to live up to. I didn't have anybody's expectation to live up to but myself. I didn't have any thing to prove to anybody but myself. And I did not after that time I didn't care. Like I just became completely different. I could like I would be someone that would always want to wear shoes, look really flashy. But after that time I could wear sliders, shorts go anywhere i didn't care about people's opinion it just basically it was me i think that really my life just to know more as i dealt with that situation to be specific uh, i think i learned a whole lot more this quote popped up in my head i heard this quote this year and i'm pretty sure i've mentioned this quote multiple times on this podcast but this is a quote i always keep at the back of my head tomorrow is promising but tomorrow is not promised because a lot could happen tomorrow for you. But what if you don't make it tomorrow? That doesn't mean you should not strive for the best life that you possibly can have. That means you should strive for the best life, but take it, take time to analyze where you are in life and be be grateful for where you are, good or bad, because gratitude it's the only thing that keeps us centered with the creator of any sorts that you believe in. So let's end this on a light note. <laughs> music. So what is the difference between the music you like and the music you make? Because on the podcast just now, like a few minutes ago, you said... You create music. So what's the difference between the music you like and the music you create? So like I said, generally, I said it before from the start, that I like singing, but I can't sing. But I'm a very good rapper, so I rap. That's the kind of music I do generally. I rap. I make rap music, but I listen more to songs that they sing. You get my point? Like R&B, pop where the people sing and they tell a story. So that's basically the difference between the song I listen to and the song I make. I'm a bit very experimental with the kind of music I make because I'm trying to create my own sound and I'm trying to create my music. So that's why I say this phase, I mean, I was in an experimental phase. I think like if I get to know more of what, how to do my production and more of how to work with a, a good producer, we'll be able to tweak a sound. And I think I'll be able to relate to it and I'll be able to like, so I'm just in a developmental stage now of making a sound that I can call my own and I feel comfortable in. 
So that's generally what I'm working in at the moment. Uh, I've listened to some of my cousin's songs. They're really, it's a different sound. Um, I'm so glad this is my first guest. I don't think this podcast was the best, but I don't think it was the worst. We'll see how it goes when I edit it. Thank you so much for coming to my podcast. <laughs> and before we end, I was going to, wait, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say when I was younger, my cousin used to make me sing in front of everyone. <laughs> so it was the time that it was really. You have a really good voice. But did listeners know you have a very good voice and you can sing very good? You can follow Where's My Mind podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And you could watch the video part of this podcast on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Also, I know I was doing a book series, but I will continue next week with a book series. This opportunity came up, so it's not going to like pass it up. Pass it up. So thank you so much for listening to my podcast again. I'll speak to you next week. Goodbye. And also, pay for my therapy session. That's 50 pounds a month. Just pay. Pay it. 600 pounds a year. Pay it. Don't say it like that. Yeah, also, it, it, it would be also a good pleasure for me if you can.